Today, we're talking about sourcing in Mexico and Latin America with two of our absolute favorite people, Amy Weiss and Tim Jordan. Uh, and they are putting together uh, just an amazing sourcing trip, trade show, mastermind event in Mexico. It's in June. We're going to cover the dates uh, in the episode and details of, of how to register. But I knew about this um, a long time ago, this trip they're putting together. And I knew it was it was going to be a lot of fun and a really impressive event. After talking to them and learning more, it's really impressive. And it's something that anybody who's even considering other areas of the world to source products from, or, you know, just with logistics the way they are now, or finding new products uh, that maybe aren't available in China or wherever you're sourcing from, this could be an absolutely invaluable trip, not to mention the mastermind. And Chris, you could tell they are so excited about this. Yeah, this could be an opportunity to catch a wave before uh, everybody else does. So you could be able to get into this and find a new supplier. Uh, your minimum order quantities can be lower. Your lead times are going to be way, way short. Lower. Two days. <laughs> yeah, two days. So uh, definitely an opportunity. It just depends on what niche you're in. So figure out if there's you know demand or if there's sourcing agents in your for your category in Mexico and it's worth a shot. I mean, you could save a lot of money here. Oh yeah. And this is, uh, you know, they cover a lot about this trip they're, they're putting together, but they also spent a lot of time just talking about tips, tactics, and strategies for finding suppliers and manufacturers in Mexico and how to build relationships with them. Um, so there's a lot of value in this conversation that we had, uh, not to mention the, all, all the excitement around, around the trip coming up in June. So, Let's dive into our conversation with Amy and Tim. What's up, everyone? And welcome to episode 211 of Two Amazon Sellers in a Microphone, brought to you by Solozo. And today, this is going to be a ton of fun. Uh, this is a hot topic. We've got two of the absolute best in the industry uh, joining us today uh, to talk about this. It's going to be an absolute blast. Uh, Amy Weiss and Tim Jordan are joining us to talk about sourcing in Mexico. What's up, both of you? How are you doing? Good. And can I tell you that I've never been on this podcast, but every time I see it, you know what goes through my head? <laughs> What's that? Two Amazon sellers and a microphone. That's what we were going for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what we were going for. It took us, uh, we, were, we were playing around with, you know, what should we call this a couple of years ago when we launched it? And, you know, everyone had a similar stick to their, their podcast name. And out of nowhere, that song came on and I was like, this is what we're going with. This is perfect. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Everyone that joins us, about, like when we're talking beforehand, they're like, they're jamming out. They're, th they're singing that song. So. Glad, glad that was a thought that went into your your head when you saw it. But That's it. We it's are, uh, yeah, it's a good song. Yeah, we're we're really excited to have uh, both of you on. And I, I mean, this is this is really a hot topic uh, right now. I mean, I can speak personally. Uh, you know, we've got, you know, shipping. I'm source a lot of my stuff from China, just like most people. Uh, it's getting quite expensive uh, to, to source and ship from there, uh, shipping, especially the logistics, uh, the time, you know, waiting and waiting and waiting for inventory. Uh, you know, it's, it's crazy. So this is a really unique uh, and uh, so it's a really good time to talk about this. And I'm excited to learn everything that you guys are, are doing and what you're planning because you get this Mexico sourcing trip. So we're going to go into all of that. It's going to be a lot of fun. But real quick, before we do that, I just want to give each one of you um, a couple minutes just to sort of introduce yourself to the audience, give a little bit of your background and what you're doing. So, uh, Amy, why don't you go first? What's up, everybody? I'm Amy Weiss, the founder of Amazing at Home e-commerce consulting and the co-founder of the Mexico trip. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited to be here and we help sellers launch private label products, develop their own products, and of course, source them with incredible events in China and now Mexico. We're planning a couple of other uh, places as well. Yeah. Everyone who's listening, Amy is awesome. We've had her on the podcast before. Uh, we were at a 
were at your conference in Austin. That was a lot of fun. Um, so it's uh, you know it's great to have you on to talk about this. Uh, Tim, real quick, just a little little background on on you for everyone who's listening. Well, I just realized I'm not awesome because you've never had me on before. Yeah. <laughs> no, you hear that? Amy's awesome. She's been here before. Tim, who? Uh, Tim, Tim, go ahead. Um, I, I don't even know what I do in this crazy world. I do a lot. Most of it is failures. Some of it seems to work. I just try to drink out of a fire hose and not drown. But I have sold since about 2015. I've exited some brands, built some big brands. I've owned a shipping and sourcing and logistics company. Um, warehouse company that I exited a few years ago that uh, specialized for Amazon sellers. I've done a lot of content. I do a lot of collaborative content with some of the biggest um, kind of audiences and channels in the space. I do um, a little bit of coaching. I run a, uh, a help run an online community called Private Label Legion with my partner, Norm Ferrar, the beard guy. And then I do a lot of consulting for other industry service providers, whether it's software, logistics, or marketing companies, things like that. Um, and mostly I just kind of hang out and learn a lot from people that are way smarter than me and get sucked into these cool projects. I don't know about the way smarter part than you. Both of you are everywhere. You give out such amazing information. You're, I mean, I don't know how you guys do it. I don't know if you have, if you guys live in a different a time of day than everybody else. I don't know how you're at all these conferences, how you're constantly uh, sharing information, uh, all the projects that you both are involved in. It's really impressive. And I know there's a, I mean, just the impact that you both of you have on a ton of entrepreneurs out there and brands and everything you're doing. It's really impressive. So we're like, again, I'll say it again, we're super excited to have both of you here to talk about this. Which we, let's just dive into it because it's. I think there's going to be a lot we can cover um, in this episode. I mean, just on the surface, I'm going to start with this: being in the United States, selling in the U.S. marketplace. It's always just been in the back of my head: why am I going on the other side of the planet to get my products? You know, there's got to be other opportunities out there, other options out there. And so just talk briefly, uh, Tim, we'll start with you. Just just the opportunity of sourcing in Mexico right now. Well, let me first answer the question you asked, which is why are we going to the other side of the world? The truth is the other side of the world from the U.S. is better at manufacturing products. They just are. And that started 100 years ago when especially China started focusing on manufacturing and production and they started working on all of these different infrastructure adjustments that made them the manufacturer of the world. All right. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that like China's dead and Mexico is the future. I, and I'll, I'll address that in just a second. But I think that that's the reason why for so long people were going to specifically China's. They were just really, really good. And even production like in the U.S. started dwindling for a lot of other political, political and social economic reasons. And production kind of stopped here and China just took over. Now, things started to change. And I think that a lot of people think that Mexico and other, let's say, non-traditional sourcing locations, it could be India, it could be Mexico, it could be the US, it could be Eastern Europe, right? We're looking at places where labor is less expensive, we can get things produced uh, in a way that will still leave some meat on the most to sell it. I don't think that this conversation is happening right now because of COVID. And when people look at Mexico, they're like, oh, of course, Mexico is interesting right now because all of the logistics went up extremely expensive because we can't ship stuff out of China. China's getting more expensive. Like, oh crap, what do we do now? Because things have changed in the past two years. That's actually false. There's been interest in sourcing from specifically Latin America for 20 years. And if we look back to like the implementation of the North American Free Trade Agreement, right? That was an initiative that was put in place to facilitate easier trade from Latin America to the US. Yeah. The reason that it was slow to really take off and why some people have had some difficulties trying it. People said, I've tried to source Mexico or, or Latin America or Central America. It doesn't work. Two reasons. One is, and Amy, you can dive in and, and go deeper on this, but I'll say that the, the two primary reasons that I think that's the case is one, Latin America wasn't ready. Right. Latin America didn't have the technology, the manufacturing education emphasis. They didn't have raw material supplies. They didn't have the money invested specifically in manufacturing. If we look back at the big uh, industries, specifically in Mexico, for a long time, it was agriculture. 
right? Agriculture is winning. Like almost every avocado and lime that we eat in the U.S. comes from Mexico, right? That, that's been happening for a long time. So once Mexico became available on the world's market to start manufacturing, it just takes time for people to build factories and start educating and to retrain the labor force to be able to do that. So it took a little bit of catch up. The other thing that's happened is there is a lack of education and community. I can get on a plane and I can fly to Canton Fair and I'm at a trade show in China where everybody knows how to sell to me, knows what to sell to me. They understand how to set up a trade show. They, they know that. But going into Mexico is extremely difficult to find those people, right? I feel like people assume nobody's manufacturing anything in Mexico. No, they are. People assume I can't find a supplier in Mexico. They can. What's happening is the manufacturers in Mexico that are the perfect manufacturers for small and medium-sized brands like ours and the people like us that are trying to find them have just been trying to go the same direction. We just keep missing each other, right? There's misinformation. There's miscommunication. There's not a platform. There's no trade shows. Like it's there and we're here. We just haven't been able to meet in the middle. But them being there is only a fairly recent development because they have industrialized and ramped up enough to actually support that demand. And we can go deep on all of that stuff. I know it's kind of broad, broad hypothesis there. Yeah, we'd we'd love to to go deep on on all these uh, as much as we can, uh, just to get as much knowledge and information about this. But you're I, you hit on something. I mean that more than anything, why when when I started my Amazon journey, my e-commerce business, why I went to China was because it was easy. There was a marketplace. There's Alibaba. They they are ready. They know all the procedures. They know how to. Um, package and label everything to get it ready for FBA for anything that I need. And it's, it's pretty seamless. And they have, like you mentioned, the, the labor force, I mean, they're, they're set up, they are a manufacturing economy, their education, they educate everybody growing up to get those roles, to take those roles on, to communicate with, with buyers from all over the world. Um, so I'm, I'm really curious, Amy, how is that transitioning now in Mexico? I mean, what does that look like? What are the ways to to reach out and find suppliers in Mexico? Yeah, so it's funny because, you know, people that are registering for our Evolatum trade show, um, they keep reaching out to us and asking us for lists of exhibitors. They're like, you know, I just need a list of your exhibitor. And it's like people are under this assumption that Mexico is China that you're just going to be able to call up this manufacturer who has this product and send them a picture of what you want. And it's going to be cradle to great. This is not how it is. Business does not work the same in Mexico. Uh, negotiation doesn't work the same. Even the factories that are working with micro brands may not even have the, um, some of them are going to be very good and have exactly what you need. Some of them, you're going to need to work with them. You're going to need to communicate. You're going to need to start a relationship. So why we're very hesitant to just be like, oh yeah, go ahead and reach out to these manufacturers. Is our trade show name is on the line, right? So, you know, all these people start reaching out to the manufacturers that are taking a chance on us and coming to our trade show to meet all these buyers from around the world. And we are treating them like this is China. And it's not, right? Yeah. So that's what's so important. So that's not to discourage you, right? It's it's very important. So I um, I was sourcing something in Mexico and um, I found that I found a supplier for it. What I did is I actually looked and I know my manufacturing process. That's step one, know your manufacturing process. So know what that's called, right? Know what that thing is called in manufacturing language. Know what that factory is called in manufacturing language. And then search for that, either Google, I found a lot of um, factories on Google Maps, LinkedIn, there's a lot of different ways that you can find suppliers, but you're going to need to search in Spanish. You're going to need to know what is the name for that in Spanish, right? So I was able to find a few factories and I was able to use my contacts in Mexico City and surrounding areas to actually reach out in the local language, talk to those manufacturers. And I also set a message on my own. But the prices that I got were very, very high. And I mean, the same price that I'm that I'm selling this product for retail is the price that I got back. And I was like, okay, what's happening here, right? So I sent my contact to go visit the factory to find out what's happening. Because you need to be there in person, right? And the the um, what ended up happening is what these guys were doing is they were buying the product from China. 
and they were doing the customizations. So mm. guess what? I have relationships with my factories in China. I could have ended, I could have ended the discussion there and said, no, oh, forget it. You're charging me too much. You don't have my product. Forget it, whatever, right? But guys, we're talking about thousands of dollars you're paying to source from China for um, shipping versus hundreds of dollars and two days of lead time to get it to America. That's worth having extra communication. So guess mm. what? I have better prices on raw materials than they do. I've got relationships with my factories in China. So now I can take that relationship with this manufacturer in Mexico to the next level. I can help them improve their supply chain. And now I can start sourcing my stuff from there. I can bring my raw materials in from China. And guess what else we have? Free trade. So no more tariffs for me. <laughs> I bring my raw materials in. I have this manufacturer finish, like produce and finish my goods in Mexico. And then I change my whole supply chain. So that's what it looks like. Now, you are going to be able to find manufacturers that do make finished goods out of wood, leather, things like that. And so you're not going to necessarily have to have that extra discussion like I'm doing here with this supplier. But it's something to be thinking about, right? That it's not so easy. It's not going to be like, oh, I can get my packaging. I can get everything. I can just send a picture to this manufacturer and everything's going to be done for me. China is 30 years ahead. Everybody went to China 30 years ago and started building, doing the same thing that we need to do in some of these other countries. And one more thing that I want people to pay attention to, whether or not you want to source in Mexico or any other country that is outside of China, the skills that you learn to talk to these manufacturers are going to serve you across the board because no other country is China, right? We don't have the Alibaba, right? So it's very important that when you're learning to source from other countries where the manufacturing is not as developed to learn these skills, because then imagine how much time, money, and effort you can save, and you can give yourself a serious uh, competitive edge. And I think that like what Amy said just now, if you're listening to that, it might be possible to go, oh crap, this is scary. Like it's actually harder to source in Mexico. Are we saying that we can't get everything there? That maybe like we have to have a, a more difficult communication channel? Yes, but I absolutely love that because if it were super easy, everybody would do it, right? If it were exceptionally easy, everybody would do it. If we could all jump on the same Alibaba listing and find the same supplier and all compete on the same thing, that would be a problem. So it's worth it to go through those extra hassles and those, ex not hassles, but those extra steps and go through a more complicated process because we're going to eliminate a lot of our competition. But also the benefits of sourcing in Mexico, if you can find the right product there at the right price, is massive. So Amy talked about lead times for one. Like I've never had to source something from China to Mexico, Mexico back. I've just sourced stuff in Latin America. And I've got a lot of history in Latin America, even owned a sourcing company down there I can talk about. But lead times are about the same for production. But if you have, like Amy said, days of shipping instead of months of shipping and reduce those tariffs, it's huge. Another thing that I love about sourcing from there is right now, consumers are very experience driven. It's not just about the product, it's about the experience. So look at like Tom's shoes. Tom's shoes is a crappy Kansas pair of shoes. People pay $60 for these crappy shoes. You can get the same shoes at Walmart for $7 a pair. But people like Tom's shoes because there's more of a brand story. There's more brand equity, right? Sourcing from North America and selling a product that's North American made has more brand value. So even if I've got something that's slightly competitive on Amazon or whatever marketplace I'm selling on, I could typically charge more. I have a faster supply chain. I'm paying less duties. And there's a lot of benefit to that, right? Plus, if I want to build a relationship with my supplier, I can leave from my house and be at my supplier's doorstep in a day. I'm not going 16 hours to China fighting all that stuff. So keep in mind that any specific difficulties that you may be encountering with any alternative sourcing, whether it's US, India, um, wherever, Mexico, there is a benefit that I think outweighs those other difficulties or things we may not be used to. And another thing to, to talk about Amy's kind of Amy's experience there is a big point of this is relationships. Everything is about relationships. Absolutely everything. When I started going to China, I was looking on Alibaba, I was talking to people on Alibaba, but the big game changer for me was getting on a plane and going down there, shaking hands, figuring out who the good folks were, the bad folks, sitting around, 
the, the dinner table with a factory owner and building that relationship that connected me to other relationships and meeting other people there. I'd spend time in hotel lobbies with other brand owners and e-commerce sellers and getting a different perspective. In Mexico, since we don't have the option of a giant Alibaba listing full of different businesses, you have to go down there and you have to shake those hands. You have to meet the right people. You have to build personal relationships. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not an extra step of hassle. It's like, man, when you do that, the whole world for you changes. The opportunities become endless. The relationships become super valuable. Like everything in business, regardless of what you do, is about relationships. And you can really only build those by doing that. The good news is you don't have to go 16 hours to Shanghai now. You can go two hours to Mexico and all the stuff that we're doing is taking like years of experience and combining all of that into a really great trade show, as well as if you want to additionally have like the networking, the mastermind, the education, the Mexico trip as well. What are some of the categories uh, that, that are really, that work really well down in the Latin America? What are some of the categories? And I got another question on top of that. What's the MOQ look like? Can you get smaller MOQs and, and you know get product faster? Um, yep. Just curious on this type of topics. Amy, let me talk about materials and you talk about MOQs. Is that cool? So there's different stages of materials. There's like the traditional stuff that you can source in Latin America. There is the new wave of stuff. And then there's the future stuff. Traditionally, and when I had a sourcing company and was sourcing a lot of my own products and products for the customers, I was down in Guatemala. I was down in Central America, which is not nearly as productionally, wait, productionally advanced, <laughs> advanced in production capability. I think just made up a new term. Advanced in production capabilities, Mexico is, right? And down there, the typical products that we did really, really well were wood, leather, ceramic, textiles. And it could really be any textiles, even synthetic fabrics like nylon and rayon you could get, as well as agricultural stuff like coffee. That has traditionally been also the case in Mexico. Those things are fairly easy, right? People have been producing that for a long time. The level up kind of in Mexico is you can also get metal items. You can get... Um, uh, a lot of those things that require more raw materials and more production, but only in about the past 10 years have you seen an increase in the ability to buy technologically produced goods. And what I say is I mean stuff with machinery. That's because money's been invested. Uh, engineers are being trained. People understand how to build molds now. So the new wave of production in Mexico that's readily available that people might not be familiar with yet is like plastic injection molded items. So plastics, latexes, fiberglasses, carbon fibers, these synthetic materials that need some sort of technology or machinery to produce it on a, on like a more advanced level. We're also seeing even when it comes to wood, like wood is not just being, you know, rustic handicraft stuff. Now they're using CNC lathes and CNC routers to actually do very specific engineered things. Uh, the metal is going from like kind of your rustic home decor stuff, which was probably the case 20 years ago that you get. Now you're getting into heavily machined, refined items. You're getting into really high quality glassware, stainless steel stuff. All that stuff right now is available in Mexico if you know the right people to find it, right? Um, did I forget anything, Amy, or you can address MLQs? No, I think that you pretty much covered it. Um, there's a lot. When I was first researching all of this, I really compared what was available in Mexico to what I look for um, at the Canton Fair. When, when we're doing our China sourcing trips, most people are looking for phase two of the Canton Fair, which is like your ceramics, your giftables, your home goods, stuff like that. Nearly all of that you can find in Mexico. So let's talk about MOQs. As I explained before, you need to be able to communicate with your supplier. It's not going to be a cradle to grave supplier situation, right? But packaging is very, very available in Mexico. Um, logistics and warehousing, kitting your products, that's very, very available. By the way, labor costs are cheaper in Mexico than they are in China. Hmm. Crazy. Yes. So, and they're on our time zone, right? So, and we're talking, like I said, hundreds of dollars um, for shipping instead of thousands. Um, so it's think about actually also not just sourcing in Mexico, but having your products finished, kitted, doing your warehouse, doing your 3PL in Mexico. You can get it to Amazon in two days. It's just ground transportation, guys. Free trade. Like there's no, it's, it's crazy. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy to not think about that as a resource, right? From the, from that perspective. But let's talk about MOQs, okay? So we've got a lot of manufacturers that are going to have finished goods that you're going to be able to get very small quantities of, right? If you're producing something, and this is the same in China, if you're developing a product with a manufacturer, you're going to need to work together on MOQs. 
it's the same thing in China, right? So you're going to find the same thing in terms of finished goods. Now, if you're a reseller or you practice the wholesale business model on Amazon, there's huge opportunities for you. There are tons of brands in Mexico that don't sell out of the United States yep. or don't sell out of Mexico, right? And, and so, it's not just they don't want to sell. It's maybe the idea of like not having a U.S.-based partner that understands import laws or that can actually market and distribute it, right? Like they yeah. want to they need a partner. So there's huge opportunity. Think about you getting products that are available in every store in Mexico, right? I, that's what I noticed when I first started wanting to source for Mexico it was because I would go shopping there or go to, to some of the major department stores and everything, hecho in Mexico, hecho in Mexico. Whoa, like how do I put this in America? Like, hello, hello opportunity. Even if you are not yet sourcing that thing, Think about all the things that you can source that are already made there that aren't being sold. And, you know, when I was doing wholesale, I hated it because I would create a really cool like bundle listing and then someone else would jump on the next day. And I'm like, how did they find my supplier already? How are they doing this? But guess what? Think about what a moat you can build around your business when you source in places other people aren't sourcing. So think about product development, of course, yes, we're going to have to have those discussions. It's going to just be like any other place inside of China or outside of China where you're going to have larger MOQs because you've got to do, you got to work together with your supplier. But finished goods and almost finished goods or customized goods, um, you're going to be able to have those lower MOQs. I didn't even think about the wholesale angle, Amy, until you brought that up. Um, but man, there has got to be so many, so much opportunity there. Um, I mean, there's got to be so many really popular products sold in Mexican marketplaces that are just unavailable to people here. And they're probably yeah, looking there's for, tons of looking like for. little micro brands too, like um, little micro brands of like, I found one that's like, they make like really cute, like um, soft kids, like stuffed animals, but they're like, shaped like food or something like that. I think it was a couple of years ago. And I was like, oh my gosh, this would sell like crazy in the US. And it's just a little micro brand, you know? <laughs> so you have all these opportunities um, to, you know, source goods that are produced by someone else, developed by someone else that can be underneath your brand. So many white label opportunities, so many reseller opportunities. Um, and of course, you know, our private label opportunities as well. Oh yeah. And that, and that story that adds to the brand produced in North America, you know, the, all of that, that just really does add to it. Um, one thing I was going to touch on, I meant to mention it earlier, but you know, one of the things that's easy about sourcing from China is they all speak English, at least the the representatives of the factories that you're talking to. Um, it very easy communication. Uh, you mentioned Amy that, you know, you you had a basically a go between in terms of your communication. Um, is that typical in Latin America and Mexico that they most likely don't speak English and you need to figure out a way to communicate properly with them? Um, I'll take that. Not to you. Really. I mean, most of them do speak English, but the, the reason I sent my contact is because I wanted in person. If I just message them on their website, they don't know me from Adam. Right. And that's yeah. the that's the problem when you're sourcing. I mean, when I think about the first time I went to China, it changed everything for me. I went from sourcing from a trading company that I didn't even know was a trading company to find a fact finding a factory. I was playing paying six dollars for a product that I now found a factory that had even more designs, even more options. And I was now paying two dollars. I mean, doing it in person makes all the difference. It changed my business. I also like I paid like over $40,000 for my molds. And if I had gone in person, because I went through an inter inter intermediary, right? If I had gone in person to China, I could have gotten those molds for about $13,000. You don't know what you don't know until you get your butt there. And it's going to change the way that you operate. It's going to change your business. Think about that. It could have saved me over $30,000 just on my molds alone in the first year of my business, which would have been critical to scalability for me. And then think about cutting costs on products that I have variations of that I was paying $6 a unit. And I brought it down to two. Plus I was able to add even more design options and not be sourcing from a trading company 
who stole my images and put my products on Alibaba, you know, like, I mean, not that training companies are bad, but you know, I just didn't know what I was doing and I was only sourcing from Alibaba at the time. Um, so now with that knowledge, I'm able to better talk to suppliers when I find them virtually. Right. But I don't have that knowledge in Mexico. So I have to learn. And the best way to do that is if I can't be there myself to send somebody else to, to have that conversation in person, because that means a lot. I think that the term is uh, social credit, mm. right? When you call somebody or send them an email, you're not building social credit. And every big breakthrough I had in business or every big opportunity or a big, every big supplier or anything that I had was built on the back of personal relationships. And if you're not investing in building social credit with your potential partners, suppliers, industry services, whatever, I think that you're missing a big opportunity because one, you're going to miss the solutions that you need. Like sometimes you just have to go somewhere, you have to shake some hands, you have to take some people to dinner to find what you need, but also they're going to prioritize you if you have a personal relationship with them, right? If you have a personal relationship with a client, of course, you're going to pick up the phone as opposed to someone that you've never met in person, or you're going to be more likely to see long-term relationship value with them. And you're going to give them better pricing. Or you're going to give them more attention to detail. You're going to give them more help, right? So I think that relationship building is massively important regardless of where you source. We're not saying that like, oh, you have to build relationships if you're going somewhere like Mexico. No, you have to build relationships regardless of where you're going, what you're doing, what you're sourcing, who you're working with. It is absolutely necessary in Mexico because otherwise you probably will not find those suppliers anyways, which again is that barrier to entry that keeps everybody else from doing it. You have that competitive advantage. You have to shake a few hands. You have to have dinner with the right person. And then like, boom, the world blows up. When I, can I talk about when I first started sourcing in Latin America? Please do. Yeah. So I talked about Tom shoes. I talked about, you know, the, the value prop of that buy a pair, give a pair and the branding based on location. But also I just had a love for Latin America back in the days of you know college days and even after i was spending a lot of time going to developing nations most people would say third world countries but i've since learned that's like a derogatory term and i refuse to use it so developing nations haiti uh, honduras places like those and and i really felt like those places needed a hand they needed some help but i also don't think that the solution is just rich people or government sending them handouts i don't believe that the solution is taking the most entrepreneurial, enterprising, and ambitious 10% of the population and letting them walk to the U.S. I don't believe that solution. I think the long-term generational wealth building solution is to empower business there, right? It is like, let's support the entrepreneurs through education, opportunities, and let's make a big, a big change. And it took me a lot of maturity to get to that point. So as I'm looking at my private label products and I'm working with other people selling products, I'm looking at Tom's shoes. I'm like, man, there's got to be a way to make this work. I had a mission to start sourcing products in Central America, which is Guatemala, Nicaragua, Honduras, um, th that area, right? And it was a beast. It was so frustrating because I'm finding brands that have the most beautiful products coming out of there, like these thousand dollar leather duffel bags that are just freaking amazing. But I couldn't find the suppliers. I couldn't find how to find people. I couldn't find anything online. It was, it was awful. So I started going down to Guatemala and just shaking hands. And it took me a lot of trips. Right. I had to meet the right people. Eventually, I started learning from people there and realized that, like, hey, everything you're doing, Tim, is wrong. Nobody wants to talk to you. You can't find the people you want to talk to anyways. And nobody trusts gringos. Right. <laughs> Gringo business owners have been trying to exploit cheap labor in Central America and Latin America forever. Take a hike, get lost. And I thought, man, how am I going to figure this out? And I realized that one of the things we have to understand is that the U.S. gringo way of doing business is not the same as a very Latin American Spanish way of doing business. And sometimes we can be bullies. And I think that whether it's real or imagined, whatever, it's reality now. And we have to gain some humility or I had to gain some humility and realize that like, hey, the way I'm trying to approach this is about now I wasn't going and being rude or bossy, but I expected people to call me back. I expected people to want to do business with me. Right. So the first thing I did is I started a company down there and I staffed it with nothing but local, local liberals. We'll say that I found the most hippie liberal, um, <laughs> socially supporting individuals that I could find. And I hired them and they were all females too, which is interesting in Latin America. 
Um, there's some dynamics there. And I said, listen, I have products that I'm going to source here. I have other brands that I can help source products here, but we have to represent the artisans and the producers. Like we have to make sure that this is done in an equitable way where everybody wins. I want everything to be at fair wage, fair trade standards. Like we're going to figure this out. And it was a very monumental lift. Like the task of trying to build those relationships. Like I had staff that would get in the car and drive for six hours and stay there for four days, just shaking hands and building relationships and going to small artisans homes. And we had to figure out supply chain stuff. The best leather makers have an entire family, 10, 10 employees, their entire family that make the best leather stuff, but they can't get the same material that this other one could get. So now we have to figure out like, we have to control the leather supply chain. We have to have seven families that can produce this order. They all have to have the same templates. And when we get quotes from them, we have to analyze whether they're going to make money on this because a lot of times they'd underquote it. And then we'd have to tell them, no, raise your quote. And then we go back to the brand and say, hey, we raised their quote, by the way. So it's fair for everybody. But it started working and we started building relationships. Now, Central America is tough because they don't have the scalability because they don't have the infrastructure that Mexico does. But we learned a ton of lessons in Central America that pertain to all of Latin America. And I understood that there is ridiculous opportunities to sourcing in Latin America for everybody. If you learn how to do it the right way and you build the relationships you have to, because if you don't have the education and the knowledge of how to do it and you don't have the personal relationships to actually pull it off, you're never going to get anywhere. I started taking, so Amy and I have taken probably hundreds of people to China and done sourcing trips. And the way we do those is of course you're shaking the right hands. We're introducing everybody, but we're also educating you, right? There's a lot of training. We've done, we've had hundreds of people. I've done big trips in, in India doing the same thing. So what we said is, Hey, if we're really going to make, and I, and I did that in Guatemala, I used to take people to Guatemala all the time, multiple trips where we would do this thing. And when Amy and Norm and uh, Chell, everybody that's involved in this trip sat down, we said, Hey, to do this right, we need two things in Mexico. One is we need a trade show where people can actually come down and learn and people can fly down from the U S for one day and meet and manufacturers come up for one day. And we're going to have ridiculous training involved. Like we're going to have people on stage speaking Spanish and English, teaching people about sourcing. Then we added another day. We said, hey, education doesn't just come from teaching the gringos. We need to provide free education for manufacturers and suppliers and how to do business with us. So Amy still says I'm insane. But I said, hey, let's do a free training workshop for manufacturers and suppliers in Mexico. So Alibaba is partnering with us on this. And we have basically a workshop for 500 people, up to 500 people the day before the Evo Latam trade show that's free to suppliers and manufacturers in Mexico to come learn from some of the smartest people in the U.S., all speaking in Spanish on how to deal with us, right? Like education, education. And then the actual sourcing trip itself at TheMexicoTrip.com, we're taking down a smallish number of brands and sellers from the U.S. We're attending the trade show, but we're also spending like six days to 10 days. There's an option uh, for a Cancun segment too. And teaching, like we're bringing in sourcing agents. We're bringing in supply chain experts that understand Mexico that are based in Mexico. We're bringing in big brand owners that source in Mexico already to train everybody on how to do this. So I think it's game changing and it comes from a lot of experience, a lot of trial and error. And I can tell you, I've made a ton of mistakes trying to source in Latin America, but I think that Amy doesn't know all the answers. I don't know all the answers. Norm doesn't, but I think that we've put together enough experts that we've got it. We, we've got the absolutely best option to have it all figured out in a short period of time. And it's worth it. Learning how to source in Mexico and being able to, to break through those hurdles of serious competition, not being able to find a supplier, like it's absolutely worth the investment. I knew that this trip was impressive just on the surface, looking at what you guys were putting together. I didn't realize it was that impressive. <laughs> That's well. that, that is, and, and I, I just have to touch on this one. I'm going to tell a little anecdotal story because there's a theme in all of this and it's relationships. I mean, you've said it numerous times, Tim, you know, and I think a lot of, um, a lot of people, they, they skip, they miss that. It's a huge mistake. Uh, to, they, they're just reaching out with suppliers and then like the second email with a supplier, they're trying to negotiate down the price. Transactional. It's all, it's super transactional and uh, it, it doesn't, it doesn't work. It's, you're, you're always trying to, figure out a way to put together a win-win deal. You know, how does this benefit? Cause you mentioned it perfectly. I mean, if it's a win for the supplier, the manufacturer, uh, they're going to be a partner for a long, long time. And it's going to end up being a huge win for you. I mean, I remember my very first supplier, uh, I found him on Alibaba. 
Um, you know, that was my very first product I launched a long time ago. Um, to this day, he's he flies out. We hang out. We go, you know, I've met him in, in numerous places. Uh, we've talked about like, you know, he wants to send his kids to stay at our house in America for, you know, a little while. And he's talking about we could send ours, you know, to China to get the experience there. I mean, you develop these relationships. They come really powerful. But uh, it just opens both you and your partner in business to a lot of different opportunity. And I think I think that's the thing you got to focus on more than anything. I mean, I really I really think that you bring that to a point. But getting back to this, let's let's talk about the the experience that uh, anyone who attends this trip um, is going to see and, and the impact that's going to make for them. So, uh, Amy, talk a little bit about like the the dates the plan i know tim already talked a little bit about some of the stuff but what what is what does this whole thing include okay well it's good you mentioned what does it include because um we we know we've done many sourcing trips both i have and tim has and norm has and you know we need to include everything right like we have to make it easy for you to get there because it seems scary to just go to mexico by yourself right like what am i going to do when i get there right so if you come on the mexico trip everything is included the only thing you have to do is fly there and we'll even recommend where you go what you do all of that but all your meals we're doing dinners epic dinners tourist activities everything like that three days of the learning and conferences, factory tours, all of your meals, everything is included. So again, you're just getting there. Um, and then for the Evolatum trade show, what, so let's talk about dates. The June 4th through the 12th is, um, June 4th through the 9th is the Mexico City portion. And June 9th through the 12th is in Cancun. So if you join us for the full VIP experience, you'll meet us in Mexico City. We'll hang out there. We'll learn for days. We'll meet suppliers. We'll do our factory tours, stuff like that. And then we'll attend the trade show. We'll do our epic dinners, all that stuff that we have planned, our networking event. We've got Ecom Connect happening at the trade show. Um, everything's included. You're not going to have to think about it. We're doing that for you. Just show up and have a great time and learn and build those connections. So that's June 4th through the 9th. And then on the 9th, if you're joining us for the VIP experience, we're all going to fly over to Cancun. It's a very short flight. Who doesn't love Cancun? We're going to be staying at an all-inclusive resort and have actually three days of mastermind. And this is an advanced level mastermind. It is not um, based about, it's not, we're not still talking about sourcing in Mexico um, at the Cancun mastermind. It is literally hanging out together at an amazing all-inclusive resort and just learning from all the masters, right? So you can attend either the sourcing trip or the Cancun trip or both, right? So whatever your jam is, we've got something for you. And then on June 8th is our Evo Latam trade show. Now this is free to attend. So if you're in Mexico City hanging out or you just wanna to come to Mexico City for two days and um, stay at, Mexico City has great hotels, right? It's a great city, easy to fly into, easy to navigate, um, but you can come to the trade show. So if you're like, nope, I got this. I just want to come to the trade show. You can do that. It's a quick flight from the U.S., right? And you can come join us at the trade show. You just go to evolatem.com, E-V-O-L-A-T-A-M.com, and you register there. It's that easy. So you can either join us, you can upgrade your sourcing experience and join us on um, the Mexico trip, or you can join us for um, the Evolatem trade show or for everything. That sounds like an uh, absolute blast. And everyone gets to hang out with you guys. What could be better <laughs> than than that? Uh, I guess that depends on who you ask. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, what This brought up another question because I mean, we're going to talk about how everyone can uh, sign up and register for your trip. And you've got a nice uh, discount that you're giving to everyone who's listening to this. We'll touch on all of that as well. But um, you mentioned touring factories. Um, that's when you're in Mexico City for that first portion of the event. Is 
where is that the main manufacturing hub in Mexico or is it everywhere? Are there just different parts? Tim, why don't you take that? Where is the main manufacturing hub in China? It's <laughs> a good question. Everywhere. Where's the main manufacturing hub in the U.S.? It's a good question. Everywhere. There's not a specific hub, right? There are factories everywhere and anywhere. There are some regions that are more industrial. Like if we looked at the U.S., if we thought about like steel, we think of like Pittsburgh, Detroit, right? So like, mm -hmm. yeah, we can kind of make some connections to historically leaning industries to regions. But in Mexico, it's really everywhere. And it's a lot of the mid-tier cities like your Monterey's, your Guadalajara's, places like that. There are a lot around Mexico City as well. The majority of what this trip is about, though, is it's connecting and educating. So Mexico City is the perfect place for that because it has the world. Like we literally booked the World Trade Center in Mexico City for this trade show. Like we're insane at how much this stupid thing costs, but we're doing it to make it awesome. But also it's easier for people to travel in and out of. So manufacturers are going to be traveling from different cities to come to the trade show and exhibit. Uh, we have logistics suppliers. We have um, sourcing agents. We have all sorts of other services that are going to be there as well that you can meet. But also the people that are coming in from around the world. We have people from registering from the U.S., from the U.K., from EU. We even had someone from Australia getting registered. I think that was last night or this morning, Amy. Um, so... Mexico City is the easiest place to travel in and out of, so that's why we picked it. And the and the accommodation is just amazing, like the the world class hotels and all that. The restaurants are great. Yeah, and then transitioning to Cancun's not so bad either. <laughs> yeah, and and we kind of maybe we were over ambitious trying to have two trips in one. We thought, hey, if we're going to be down there and have like this hardcore sourcing training in Mexico City, there are people that can't come down for like six days to Mexico. But maybe they want to come for a weekend in Cancun. We're going to an all-inclusive resort, really nice, on the beach. And we are changing up the content a little bit. We will have a tiny bit of overlap for people that come to Cancun but weren't in Mexico City. But in Cancun, we're bringing in really high-level experts and thought leaders in the e-commerce space. And we're teaching a lot of workshops. Like if you want to understand influencer marketing, we're bringing in Gracie Ryback, one of the I guess, foremost right. thought leaders, because she does that professionally. She's not an Amazon seller. She's a professional influencer that sells Amazon products. And like, she's going to sit down for three hours and do a workshop. And then we all get to hang out on the beach and we've got great dinners lined up and all that good stuff. So, you know, we really have a lot of stuff. We have the trade show with the networking event, e-commerce connect after it. We have the Mexico sourcing trip, which is the small, all-inclusive, like you pay us and we cover everything from picking you up at the hotel to, or for, at the airport to dropping you off at the airport at the end. And then you can elect to or independently come to Cancun for the uh, three-night mastermind there. Just going to hear Gracie talk about influencer marketing is worth it right there. She's she's fascinating. Every time we hear her speak, uh, you always learn a ton. Uh, Amy, real quick, tell everybody what they need to do to register um, to get set up and the discount that you're giving them through through this right now. Yeah, so right now we have a $500 discount on the trip. As Tim mentioned, um, we are going world-class here. We're taking care of all of your meals, everything. Um, your well, can I pause and say something about that, Amy? We're not yeah. doing that just because Amy loves being like the perfect hostess. We're doing that intentionally so that people can focus. Like you're coming to learn. And the last thing in the world you need to be worried about is how do I get a taxi in Mexico? Because I don't speak Spanish, which I don't. Super gringo here. <laughs> like we literally take care of everything. So the only thing you have to focus on is learning and meeting people, whether it's other sellers with you, the thought leaders and amazing people we have, or your potential supplier, service fighter, stuff like that. So everything do that down to like bilingual headsets, like at the trade show, like everything. And we hired the like best um, team in Mexico who puts on all the major trade shows. So, cause that's not us. We're not experts at that. You want to throw a trade show? You got to hire somebody who does that. So that's why we, we made all these, all these efforts here for this first inaugural event here. Um, so yeah, how you register, you can go to the mexicotrip.com to learn more. If you wanted the whole experience, the upgrade your sourcing experience, and you just can use code Mexico VIP at checkout and you can save $500 on your trip ticket. Um, we do have specials for partners as well. So if you wanna bring your spouse or your partner, there is a section there for that. Um, 
And then let's see what else, what else, what else? Oh yeah, um, as far, and that covers, that's Cancun, everything's on the MexicoTrip.com. Now, if you just wanna come for the trade show, awesome. You can do that. Go to evolatem.com, E-V-O-L-A-T-A-M. And that is free. So we do have a networking event that we're going to have there as well. And so we will be sending that information out to our registrants um, if they want to attend that networking event that night as well, Ecom Connect. Um, but that is the, that's how you get signed up. That's how you do it. Get it done. And if nothing else, get on our mailing list, right? Because we are constantly, we're building out sourcing guides and we've got tons of information so you can go to the mexicotrip.com and um and just get on our mailing list there as well so definitely stay connected perfect yeah i'm on that mailing list and it's good stuff that i'm getting in my inbox there <clears throat> and chris i think uh we're gonna have to take a week off of work in june yeah so, i already booked i already booked it off yeah <laughs> i'm gonna <laughs> I'm going to block it off my calendar. That's what he's been doing this whole time. Like, yeah. That's why he was muted. He was on the phone with American Airlines. Yeah. Oh, hey, let me get a first class flight. Uh, <laughs> I haven't even booked my ticket yet. I'm like, man, I, I need to like get, uh, get moving here. But luckily, well, I'm, in, I'm in little Mexico in San Antonio. So it's very easy to get to yeah, Mexico you can City get there. from here. Yeah. Quick. Oh, uh, well. Quick. Uh, I know I know this has piqued a lot of interest in everyone that's listening and watching right now. Uh, I encourage everyone to go to the mexicotrip.com uh, learn more if this is something that you're you're really looking to do and interested in. I mean this, these are the perfect people to be joining on a trip like this. So I encourage everyone to do that use the discount. Go ahead, Amy. If you want to get on a webinar with us, we're about to do a webinar next week on just answering all your questions because people have so many questions I'm sure that we didn't address today. So absolutely, you can go to the MexicoTrip.com forward slash webinar and you can sign up for our webinar next week um, and be there with us and actually ask questions and, and get your questions answered. So. All right. We will see you on the webinar for sure then. And uh, again, I know we're, we're running up against time here, but we really appreciate both of you taking time out sure. to, to share this awesome experience and also to share all of the tips, tactics, and strategies about learning how to source in Mexico and Latin America. I think I think there's a lot of opportunity. Uh, my eyes were opened certainly to a lot of opportunity that's available, and I'm excited to explore more. Uh, so thank you both for joining uh, it's been an absolute blast. Everyone go to the MexicoTrip.com. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in. If you like content like this, make sure you're subscribing to the podcast. We're on every podcast platform available. You can also see all of the live streams from these on Solozo's social channels, LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook. Uh, additionally, if Amazon advertising is an area where you're struggling or you'd like to improve or it's a workload that you'd like to hand off to a tool or to our team of experts, we'd love to talk to you at Solozo. You can go to solozo.com, schedule a demo. You'll talk to either Chris or myself. We'll be more than happy to talk anything Amazon. Uh, if we go down to the Mexico trip and we learn a whole bunch of stuff about sourcing, we'd be more than happy to talk about that as well. Uh, but we'll definitely show you the power of Solozo's tool for optimizing and automating your advertising. So head over to solozo.com and book a demo today. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Amy and Tim, it's been a blast. Thanks for joining us. And we'll see everyone next time. Have a good day.